0: Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see you here in person at Clark. Great to worship God together. Thanks for joining all those who are online. Welcome to Christ Central Church. And my name is Joe Kremme. I'm going to be speaking today. And as we begin, and this might uh, seem a little different from what we're just uh, worshiping and praising God, but it kind of goes with the words that were just shared from Michelle and Betty. And a question to start is this. Have you ever grieved or mourned when someone you loved has died. Maybe you can just give a show of hands. Whew, there we go. I think we've kind of got everyone included in that. Okay, the next question is this. What did that mourning or grieving look like? So maybe if you could just share some examples of maybe what that mourning or grieving looked like. I'll try to hear you, so you might have to just speak it out. I know it's hard with math, but what are some examples of maybe what that grieving or mourning looked like? Crying. Crying. Number one answer on the board, absolutely. Anything else? Feeling and being lonely, just that sense of loneliness. That's woof. Part, anyone else? Losing purpose. Absolutely. Well said. I'm gonna I'm gonna give some more, but those are great ones. So sometimes we want those outward expressions and feelings. So there's weeping, there's sadness, anger, maybe confusion, frustration. Sometimes there's numbness. Sometimes we don't feel anything. We can kind of be paralyzed, or we can feel lost, or maybe frozen. Sometimes we try to avoid mourning. We try to avoid pain. And so sometimes we, maybe we stay busy. Maybe we medicate on different things. We distract ourselves. We ignore maybe dealing with some things. And sometimes, you know what? It's all of the above. Sometimes within minutes, hours, days of one another. And there's different ways and different sort of maybe spheres that we mourn as well. So we can mourn sometimes personally as people close to us within our church, we can mourn within a country, we can mourn. And then within society, we can mourn. So upon some personal reflection for over my life, now that I'm getting older, within family, I've had aunts, uncles, grandparents, cousins, my father just last year, within our friend network, neighbors, people you grew up with, and probably, I'll be honest, probably the most difficult um, grieving ones is I've had probably more friends my age die via suicide than anything else. And so, and I've shared with you before just some of that pain of uh, dear friends Um, that way. And then within our church family, we have loved ones in our church family, and over the years, and I think of um, the Chalmers sitting down here, and uh, wow, it's great, we got three out of four sisters here this morning. It's great, and Penny, you're the wannabe sister, or the adopted sister, but you just think, you know, your grandmother, your mom, your father, you know, we've had In a sense the honor and privilege to be involved in their funerals and just lives and everything and how many people in the funerals we've had just in our church family within our country politicians sports you know there's tragedies everything we can mourn even as a country or as a province or as a city and then within society as well and certainly with COVID and all the deaths that are going on and our dear friends in india and different parts in ontario bc england all around we can grieve and mourn together, and you can say, Joe, why are you talking about this this morning? Well, last week Mark read one of our longest sections we'll probably ever have on a Sunday meeting from chapter Acts chapter six seven and into eight. And I'll be honest, I was already I kind of already had my message prepared for this morning from a few weeks ago because we kind of had things mapped out and we kind of knew where we were going to be. And then as these things go, it's kind of annoying cuz you know, my work was already done and I was I had the message done ahead of time, so I was feeling pretty good. And then Mark read last week and it was just these two words stood out at the end of the passage and then as I was reading it again this week, it just kept coming back to me over and over and over again. So you'll get the other message in 2 weeks time, but here's the message and it's three verses. So this is it, Acts 8, 1 to 3, and again, the context, in case you missed Mark's message last week, Stephen, follower of Jesus, teaches about Jesus. He's not well-received, and he is killed for his faith and belief in Jesus, and he's the first Christian martyr. That's the context. And in Acts chapter 8, this is the context we pick up, and we're just going to read these three verses. On that day, so the day that Stephen died. A great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. So those two words just kept going in my head and in my heart, mourned deeply, mourned Deeply, mourned deeply. And so I just had to just stop and say, God, I think that's what you want to focus on this week. Is just as I was doing, and even I think you could probably do even in Stephen's day, it's like, well, we got a job to do, you know, man down, but we got a job to do, and we're just going to keep on going. But it says that. They buried Stephen, and they mourned deeply. So, I just want to explore that a little bit this morning. I'm sure Gene, who works uh, in the funeral home, uh, hears these statements all the time, and I've heard them over many years. And sometimes, and I'm going to apply it to Stephen, we have good intentions, and we say truthful statements that are true, but actually they're not very helpful at the time, so I'm gonna give you a few that maybe you've heard, and maybe you've even said, and I think I've even probably said them at times, that are true, and we could apply to them with Stephen, so see if this fits. So Stephen's brutally killed, a very traumatic event, and I'm sure it would be tempting to say this. Could you imagine that this being said about Stephen and his friends? Well, at least Stephen is now in a better place. Or we might say, well, at least Stephen now, he's free from pain and suffering. Or we might say, well, at least now Stephen is enjoying the wonders of heaven. And all true, but actually not very helpful because sometimes they can actually short circuit the grieving process that God has for us. It says they mourned deeply. And folks, I just think God just wants to remind us today, if nothing else, and I'm just trying to be obedient to what I feel is on his heart and what God wants to say to us. We need to face and we need to embrace our grief and our mourning, and we need to stop and just allow us to embrace and feel sorrow and loss and sadness and loneliness and confusion and all those things that come with it. And the Bible actually helps us with this, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the book of Psalms, 150 Psalms, most of them have at least components of lament and sorrow and suffering and actually doubting God when it comes to issues such as death. We have the book of Job in the Old Testament, the most of it dealing with grief and loss and not understanding God. We have the book of Jeremiah, and then we have Jeremiah himself, who wrote the book of Lamentations, a whole book just about lament. In the New Testament, we see all kinds of different examples, this being one of them. So, if nothing else, I think we just need to say this, there is nothing wrong with Christians mourning other Christians when they die, even though we know we have a great hope that we're going to see them again and that they're safe with Jesus. We're allowed to deeply mourn. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. So, in just doing some research, those two words mourn deeply. In the Greek, it literally means this, to beat one's chest as a sign of intense grief. I don't know if you've ever experienced intense grief. I think I've shared with you before, when I was second year university at UMB, um, probably my best friend, like I said, uh, died by suicide, and when I found out, and I'd just been with them and everything, so it was quite a shocking, I literally, I think, passed out. I actually don't remember a whole, I just know I was sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. That intense grief that comes. It's intense, it's real, it's expressive, and folks we don't have to be ashamed we can be honest we can be raw we can be vulnerable solomon wrote in ecclesiastes that there is a time to mourn stephen even though he had dedicated his life to jesus and he died because of his obedience to jesus mark pointed out so well last week in his message that stephen is very much like jesus in his death you remember jesus when he died on the cross he said father into your hands i commit my spirit and here's Stephen being murdered, and he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them. Stephen in death, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Stephen was very much like Jesus in his death, but Stephen's friends are very much like Jesus in their mourning deeply. Do you remember Jesus in John chapter 11? We can read, and his close friend Lazarus had died we read this, that Jesus, and he came upon the scene. And it's a really fascinating story, isn't it? Because Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, they sent word to Jesus, Lazarus is not well, you need to come, we need you. And Jesus actually doesn't come right away. So talk about a confusing thing. And in the in-between of Jesus coming, Lazarus dies. Now, I find it really fascinating because you could think Jesus is going, he's like, I know I'm gonna raise him from the dead. And it says, Jesus came upon... And Martha comes, Jesus, if only you had been here. And then he meets Mary. Jesus, if only you had been here. And it says Jesus comes across, and they're weeping. And instead of going like, folks, chill, I'm going to raise him from the dead. This is what we see. Jesus wept. And they said, he wept so much, they said, see how he loved him. And we read in verse 33 of John 11, quote, that Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And in verse 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. And those two words, deeply moved, the Greek literally means to stir up like waters being churned up by a storm. Jesus, even though He knew what was coming, was deeply moved. He was stirred. He was churned up And we can think Jesus, yes, fully God, but Jesus was fully human. And in the humanity of Jesus, Jesus was deeply moved. And even though Jesus knew that he was going to raise his friend back from the dead, he was deeply moved and Jesus wept. So folks, there's nothing wrong with Christians today grieving and mourning deeply over those who they love when they die. Psalm 116.15 says, precious in the sight of the lord is the death of his saints so folks kids teenagers men women can i just say this it's okay to cry it's okay to grieve it's okay to mourn it's okay to weep folks it's okay to do the ugly cry i've done it many times it's messy it's snotty it's it's ugly but folks it's healing and it's necessary we can shake We need time to process. And sometimes we're just silent. And sometimes we don't, as I said, we don't feel anything. Those are all okay. So now I can get to part two. But I really want to focus on part one. We can mourn deeply. We can mourn deeply. Now, the good news is this, and as we've just been singing about in our worship songs, because of Jesus' life and His death and His resurrection and ascension, we can both mourn deeply and we can be deeply hopeful. As we are singing and as the words came through through Michelle and Betty, the good news is this, as we saw Easter, Jesus is risen. Jesus is alive. The resurrection changes everything. And that's what's so good news about Jesus and the gospel. And here's three, just briefly, briefly, three reasons why we can deeply be hopeful because of Jesus. Number one, we can mourn with hope because as Christians, we know that death is not the end, but it's a transition. Actually, it's a new beginning. And I love what Michelle shared in that, the difference between death and being buried and a seed being planted. And folks, the good news is this because of jesus and him and his resurrection he defeated satan and sin and death and when we put our hope in jesus christ we put our trust in jesus even though this earthly body is dying and will someday die and be buried our spirit goes to be with jesus hallelujah when we put our hope and faith in jesus to save us and to keep us as we give him our life here on earth he gives us the gift of eternal life He puts his Holy Spirit within us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is like a down payment. It's guaranteeing what is to come. We belong to him, we're marked. We no longer belong to ourselves, we're marked as Jesus. And just as Jesus rose from his heavenly throne, can you imagine, all the way through the book of Hebrews, it's all about this, Jesus sat down. It is finished, he finished the work. The lamb has been sacrificed, the great high priest, It is finished. So all through the book of Hebrews, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. And then Stephen's martyred, and what do we read? Stephen looks up and he says, I saw Jesus standing. Whew, Jesus standing. Jesus is coming to meet Stephen, who's coming into his presence. And Jesus rises to greet all of our loved ones who die in faith as his followers. And Christian friends and loved ones, Who are sick and dealing with infirmities and disabled here on earth, when they die, they're freed from those infirmities the moment they die, because their spirit goes to be with Jesus. And good news, one day when Jesus comes back, we will live with bodies that will never grow old or never get sick or never die, because we're gonna receive resurrection bodies. Therefore, we can hope deeply. Whew, hallelujah. We're gonna receive new bodies. Ollie, you're gonna be out of business. No more physio. Hallelujah. We got new bodies. We're going to be like Jesus. That is great news. we got something to look forward to. We can hope deeply. Praise God. Number two, we can mourn with hope because the gospel, the good news of Jesus, gives life and meaning even when life is cut off in its prime. That's a weighty one. I'm going to say that one again. We can mourn with hope because the gospel of Jesus Christ gives life meaning even even when life is cut off in its prime. Because, folks, we, can't, we have to deal with the reality that Stephen exited this world way too early from our perspective. It was tragic. It was traumatic. Stephen was cut off in his prime. You think, this guy was, like, serving the poor. He's preaching the gospel. Like, he's got, like, 50 years ahead of him that we need him. But this does not rob Stephen's days on earth of their meaning and their significance. Stephen's untimely death, God still used as a victory and not defeat. He fulfilled so much for God, even in his death. Stephen's life had meaning even as he lay dying because he sowed the seeds of future salvation in the heart of Saul who was there watching from the sidelines. Just imagine Stephen's dying and there's Saul giving approval, but we know what's going to happen. We have that advantage point. We've seen the rest of the story, but they didn't know that at the time his death was not in vain. Folks, there's a cost of following Jesus, and Jody's going to talk about this next week with baptism. When we put our faith and hope in Jesus Christ, we're not just adding on something. We're dying to something. We're dying to ourselves. Our old life is dead, and now our lives are for Jesus, and now we actually say, Jesus, you can come and live your life through me. Jesus gave up his life as a sacrifice Stephen gave up his life as a sacrifice, and God used the seed that died to bring life to others, even though we couldn't immediately see this work. Folks, that really tests our faith, doesn't it? That really tests it. No wonder these guys mourned deeply, because they didn't know yet how all this was gonna work out. All they knew is that their dear friend who was on fire for God, who was being used by God, was all of a sudden dead and had to bury his physical body and mourn deeply because they didn't know the rest of the story. Which leads into my third point. We can mourn deeply and deeply hope because God is at work even when we don't understand. And that's a tough one for us to wrestle through. We can mourn deeply and we can deeply hope because God is at work even when we don't understand. Stephen's, und- Jeff, you know what, in some ways we kind of understand it. We can kind of see, yeah, I can see, but to be honest, we don't really understand it. It's like, God, I don't understand why that had to happen that way. We're going to look in a few chapters ahead in Acts chapter 12. We read this. It says this, that James, the brother of John, was killed. Because Herod, you know, realized, hey, if I kill some Christians, i actually gain popularity. And it says this, James, the brother of John was killed by Herod, and then the rest of the chapter in chapter 12 is all about this. It's about Peter miraculously being saved from jail. Folks, I don't understand. One sentence, James is killed, and then Peter is set free. There's a mystery to it. It tests our faith in Romans 8.28, which to me is just the irony that Paul, by the Holy Spirit, wrote this. So here's Paul, Saul, Stephen's death, martyr he's giving his approval, and then years later, Paul's able to write this in Romans 8:28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That gets tested, and there's a lot of times we have to wait on God for days, weeks, months, years, decades, and sometimes we might not figure out until heaven how God was working good out of some of these terrible things. Luke doesn't tell us why God saved the lives of the apostles in chapter 5, but not the life of Stephen in chapter 7. We do see that Stephen's death drove the Christians out of Jerusalem and planted churches throughout Judea, Samaria, Phoenicia, Antioch, and Cyprus, and the whole world began to be changed. The other thing I'll just note this, in dealing with grieving, it's natural for us to blame god we have a lot of questions we have a lot of doubt we have a lot of confusion why did stephen die god why did you allow this to happen can i just add something to that it's okay we can be honest with god but folks we have to realize there's a reality as well we have an enemy we have an enemy in satan we have an enemy in death it wasn't supposed to be this way and the bible describes satan as a liar deceiver usurper robber, murderer. And somehow under God's sovereign plan, because He only allows Satan to do so much, as we read in the book of Job, yet when Christians die young and in the most puzzling of circumstances, we can mourn with hope because God can still use even death for His purposes and plans. The Psalms operate in the certainty that God allows His people to experience great pain even if we don't always understand the reason why, yet God is at work. We bury the seed. We don't know how long it's going to take to germinate. We don't know how long it's going to take for it to produce fruit. We don't know when it's going to break through the soil, but we're trusting in God that God is at work. And this is a whole message on itself, but I'll just mention it in one sentence. And in loss and grief and mourning, we can enter a pathway into God's mysterious way of God drawing us closer to Him. Sometimes we experience an aspect or a relationship with God that we can only grow and experience through pain and mourning and grieving. So in closing... Let's mourn for our Christian loved ones who die, whether personal friends, family in our church, brothers and sisters in Christ, and even brothers and sisters in Christ who are being persecuted and martyred all around the world today. Let's mourn deeply with a clear conscience knowing that we are following the footsteps of Jesus and the godly friends of Stephen. Let's mourn deeply for as long as we need to and in a variety of different ways. Let's give space for us to be able to mourn deeply. let's mourn with deep hope. Death is not the end, folks. As believers and followers of Jesus, we have eternal life with Jesus in heaven. Our lives, because of Jesus, count, and God can work through our lives in both life and death. God is at work always, and because we follow an incredible, extraordinary God, even days of grief can be filled with everlasting hope. So, two questions as we close. Do you need to still mourn for a loved one? Can I just encourage you, folks, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to feel pain. It's uncomfortable to open ourselves up. It's uncomfortable to maybe go, I'm going to lose control if I actually go there. Can I just encourage you to go there? You can walk it out with friends around you, but it's part of growth. It's part of healing. It's part of God's process. And you're going to encounter God by faith in a new way as you do that. We're going to trust that God's going to meet you in the morning. And have you ever actually given your life to Jesus? Have you ever called on His name for salvation, the things that we've been singing about and talking about this morning? Have you ever called on the name of Jesus to be saved from our sins, to receive forgiveness, to receive a gift of eternal life? Because if you haven't, you can today as we said many times, putting our faith in Jesus is both like a one-time decision and it's every day. <laughs> it's saying every day, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to put my trust and hope in you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're going to sing. And let me just pray as we... So if you're able, why don't you stand? We're just going to wait on God for a moment we're going to let the Holy Spirit do His work. The Holy Spirit glorifies and magnifies Jesus. The Holy Spirit makes real the things from God's Word. So, Father in heaven, I want to thank You this morning for Your Son, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life, the resurrection and the life, the gate, the good shepherd who laid down His life for the sheep. Jesus, we just say that you're our Lord and Savior. Our hope is in you. We hold cl- tightly to you and we let go of everything else. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come. And for those maybe here this morning who are watching online, who maybe haven't grieved, Lord, I pray in your tenderness and your kindness, in your manifest presence, Lord, I pray that you would bring healing. Lord, that people would be able to mourn deeply that, Lord, you would meet them in that place. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, for those who maybe have never called upon your name for salvation, who've never put their hope and trust in you, who don't have the assurance of the things we're talking about here this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you enable open hearts for people to call on the name of the Lord to be saved? We thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name, amen.